Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. Hey y'all, it's 5 o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Hey, I'm John Hall. I'm going to need you to just dial it back on the enthusiasm just a little bit. We are the end of summer towards the end of like, you know, official summer. Um, and I feel it, it's it's a low contemplative mood. We should have those those sunshiny rays uh, mellowing us out just a little bit. So you came on really hot with a lot of high energy. And just so, just so you know where I am at in the Augie Carton space. Today in the solarium, yeah. it's the it, real time thieves. Thieves at home. Hi, all the thieves. Yeah. Uh, real time. It is two o'clock on a Friday afternoon, the week before Labor Day. Yeah. So not we the weekend of Labor Day, but the the yeah the week before the Friday prior to Labor Day Friday. Um, we fit this in because we wanted to make sure we had an episode. This was the time that worked, but it stacks on. I also have we care uh, a lot. Been going back to school on Sunday, so I'm cooking out for him and some friends tonight. And I had a general sales meeting today at 10 a.m. So I woke up in the morning, did my bike ride, went straight to the sales meeting, then went to buy the food for the picnic and hadn't eaten all day. Like I still haven't eaten anything real yet. And then I flew home to do this and prep the dinner for tonight. And while shopping at the store, I ate a small you know, deli container of dark chocolate covered dried cherries Ooh. as the only food I've had today on a worked out and excited morning. And I just poured a beer into the glass, which funny enough is redolent of chocolate and cherries. So I'm super happy about that. Um, but I am all amped up on like dark chocolate, cherry sugar high on an empty stomach geared up to go. So I think you got to match my speed here, buddy. I'm not matching yours. That made me yeah, think of my cousin. My my cousin who uh, grew up in in mm. Western Jersey, and at uh, the grocery store uh, wherever that was, like the Winn Dixie out in like Huntington County or something. Definitely not a Winn Dixie. Um, go on. You've never been to that part of the state, clearly. But there's it no is... fucking Winn Dixie out there. I know the joke you're making, but there is. But um, what Publix he would do would because his well. father used to do it was walk in, and they would have the the barrel of peanuts that you could buy by the pound. Mm -hmm. And they would just come in with an empty cup and fill up the bag and then walk around the store. It was like walking peanuts around the store, <laughs> dropping the shells while they go. And it wasn't until he got married and was at the grocery store with his then wife where he did this. She's like, first of all, that's stealing. Second of <laughs> all, it's littering. 
And I would love to see you just walk through. I know it's not the same thing with the chocolate covered chairs, but just spitting out pits, you know, as you're uh, you walking know through your Kings. Just... I would, I would, <laughs> I would. Cause there's nothing I like better than a real slip and fall. And I imagined <laughs> a, a, a legitimate one. Yeah. yeah. I hate fake slip and falls, but a legitimate, like I imagined even myself, when you told that story, I imagined, you know, like a just spit out. So nicely slick, but not too slick cherry pit that you can catch right under the ball of like a left foot step and skate hoping the floor's grit makes the cherry pit stop before your heel gets under your ass that could be a good time that could be wow. a good time all right well all right i'm on your level now we're here we're you, we're, we're i'm, I'm glad, we're, could, I'm we're, glad we're... as per typical in our hetero life mate relationship i could drag you down to my level in less than one minute Thank you for always being there for me, John. Do you want hey, to get in a car and drive down to Georgia and drink Goodward? I, God, every day, <laughs> every day. Justin Kennedy's here. Uh, Brian hey, JK. is still in Las Vegas right now. He's been sending us He's... photos of his sad Vegas vacation. Uh, <laughs> he is work definitely... vacation, but yeah. There's there's some point every time I go to Vegas where I go from, I usually stay at the wind. So there's usually sure times I'll go from the wind to somewhere else and you pass like, wait, that fucking place still exists. And it'll be like circus circus or something. Yeah. that's. And that's I where, feel like that's, that's where, where Brian is. Thing. That's where Brian is. All Drinking like, import he, lagers. He, yeah. he keeps, he keeps checking in from, you know, I was like, that yeah, what's he drinking? Why is he sending his pictures of this stuff? Also, it. he doesn't understand the time difference or he does. And he thinks that we all want to know what he's doing at 2 a.m. Eastern. Um, which I don't. Um, to be fair, there's never a time I don't want to know what Cass is doing. There's just times I react and times I don't. Um, uh, you're all, but you guys are always welcome to text me at 2 a.m. with some random... John, when you text me a garbage plate in a Gen C at 2 a.m., I'm overjoyed. Yeah, well, we're, right? we're going to be doing travel, that in person soon enough. from the team are the best. Once... Um, uh, once once Justin gets us the dates, we're we're headed up to Rochester for a whole suite of shows. There is there is no fewer. I'm not joking. There's no fewer than four people who is excited about us coming up there to do our little so, road show. So fours of people are excited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we actually we actually have a letter about that. that one one, one people four times. So this so well, this wait, is a Justin, letter show. Don't spoil it. In case the thieves haven't figured it out, we have no guests because even by our <laughs> amazing, we are low effort summer people, right here. Uh, even by our amazing efforts of ignoring people for the first forty minutes of a forty minute show, <laughs> usually we'd have introduced somebody by now. But it would have been great had we been in. doing this whole round of bullshit and being like, "All right, now let's introduce right. Ken Grossman." Right. Exactly, He's the so founder. Ken Grossman <laughs> finally said yes to the show. Thanks for coming on, Ken. Get at us. <laughs> Speaking of which, are you drinking beer one yet? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're drinking a Ken Grossman beer right now. Why? Because I had one of these at my sales meeting to talk about what a Martson is. And if this isn't Sierra Oktoberfest, somebody perfectly cloned Sierra Oktoberfest. Um, I was go yeah. I haven't had Let's this. Let's get year's in there. All right. I have not had What's this amazing year's is batch it even smells Oktoberfest like Cascade yet. to me. It even still smells like Cascade to me. There's something, you know how like <sighs> Schlenker always has a little smoke even when they're not trying? Something about Ken's beers always They're has always a little trying. cascade and Chico in it. Um, there is 
It's interesting. All right. So my first couple of sips of this. All right. Hey, what brings mm -hmm. us together on Steel? What brings us together? Conversation of beer. Oh, hey, let me let me do it. All right. So, hey, what brings us together on Steel? This beer is a candid conversation of beer. What it is, not what we thought it would be. What it's doing, not what we we're told it would do. And how it tastes, not how hard it was to get. To facilitate that, Justin mails us beers. John and I drink out of black opaque glasses, and I have a Ravencroft black you know, AP yeah. wine glass in my hand full of beer that tastes to me like if I'm wrong, it'll be amazing. I really want it to be somebody's Pilsner from Northern Maine, I, <laughs> but this tastes to me exactly like the beer I had this morning. So that's interesting. So I have Oktoberfest upstairs. I haven't gotten to this year's batch yet. Um, but what I was struck <laughs> with when I first started drinking this was there is an as in years past with some of the really good fest beers that we've had, like the fresh ones. Um, Say Oktoberfest, not fest beer. But the Two ones that things. have, but Be the ones pro. that have the, I, a little bit more character to them than some of the more, I don't know, German importy kind of ones. Um, there is always this taste of autumn where it has a little bit of like, leafiness to it. Um, a little okay. bit of rustic wood, a little bit of, and I don't know if that's always in my head or what, but when I started drinking this, I was getting that lager crispness, but then I was also getting that robust kind of woody, not oak aged or barrel aged or anything like that, but just right. a, it just had a little bit more assertiveness. Like it feels like crunching leaves. So um, what I, I will give you a quick note there. Um, okay. There's there is the Maillard reaction we all know and talk about in cooking, and there are times, you know, because that that is just the browning of sugars in the presence of protein, and that's a thing. But this is one of those that registered to me as Maillard malts, not roasted malts, toasted malts, smoked malts, lightly browned malts. Right? This feels right in that. Okay, there's where the Maillard reaction shows itself. Thing. Then two, my thoughts on this one. And you know what else I would love is this was somehow from Ashley, but I can't prove it. Because part of what I was discussing with the sales team today is because what Carton makes is a fest beer, not an Oktoberfest, not a Martzen. Right. And around here in my experience, Martzen's tend people, because they don't really do like a six-month lagering on it because they're not doing March to September lagering. They're not doing actually traditional Oktoberfest Martins they're doing quick down and dirty four to eight week Martins and all that. They end up showing more caramel to me than true lager character. Yeah. And in that meeting where we talked about this one, I was like, look, fest beers are what you drink out of a liter and Oktoberfest beers are what you drink out of a mug and they're different things. And one's just a bigger, slightly richer hells. And the other is a properly lager martin and blah 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 and the exceptions i made were this one and i talked about ashley's where i'm like there are martins out there that are strictly properly lagered that let all that show through in their little bits of malt and those are the kind of things i would happily drink out of a boot or a mug you know what i mean or a liter or whatever yeah. but mostly what we see around our region are the kind of sweeter, kind of heavier Martins, and therefore we went with a fest beer to counter program those. You know what I mean? And this beer is like a perfect example where, like you said, there's no getting away from the fact that this is brown flavors. Yeah. But it's a fucking perfect lager. Oh, yeah. 
No, you know I mean? there's zero argument for me on any of that. Yeah, no, and no, I'm fact, just trying to flesh out I, what I'm feeling about it because I never like to talk about what things aren't and what, you know, like compared to not this, this, but this is like a beautiful brown lager, not a brown beer for September. Yeah. Um, as you were sharing your feelings, I emptied my glass. Well, there you go. <laughs> Tell Hannah in April I say hello. Yeah, no, this is. <laughs> Have you eaten food today? Because I am. I'm already saucy. Fucking JK. I love oh. Justin Kennedy. He is. Yeah, um, yeah. He is, he is. He is the architect of our destruction. Yeah. And ever since we came to the realization of that, shockingly late, um, <laughs> it really has just become more, uh, more, more crystal clear. That's what we need, right? We What's need funny is that are not dark Brandon, but dark Justin, where it's just. <laughs> that's our next so, sticker. Was it three episodes ago? I figured out that his initials were just kidding. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, but but my favorite part is that each of our divorce trials, both the wives and the husbands will be calling Justin as a witness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell her it wasn't me, Justin. Well, it was really me, Justin. Tell them what they did. Well, they drank these ridiculous beers. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be great. We could probably get a two for one discount, so yeah. um, we should. We should. This one isn't even that. boozy, though. Come on. This is... um, yeah, but it go, when it goes down that fast, it's boozy, buddy. Yeah, that was a twelve ounce um, can that both of us it, drank in less than twelve minutes. Th- yes, it is. As a matter of fact, look at you it drinking at your meeting, and yeah, it, it is. This, this Augie was correct. This is Oktoberfest uh, from Sierra Nevada. They call it a fest beer. It's a collaboration with Kurviner oh. Brewing, I guess, from Germany. I don't know. Uh, I don't know them either. What part of probably Let's Bavaria? Here, hailing from Hamburg. Our collaboration yeah. partner is an independent family brewery, just like us. They've won more than 40 international awards, and their beer lineup is decidedly untraditional. From Wait, they're from Bomber? Homburg. Oh, Homburg. I just strike my left. Ooh, ooh, second can exploded a little. Be careful. Wow. Uh-oh. From the top or from the side? When I opened it, it poured all over, but it, the, the foam that got on my fingers tasted Rodenbachy. Um, <laughs> so Augie, Augie, there is a cascade of this beer. There is cascade in this beer, motherfucker. There is cascade. I never would have guessed. It's it's. Is it weird that I just refer to? I'm sure because Ken called it Oktoberfest beer. He went strict, but it really is just just perfect. It's it's, de- it's, it's delightful. Um, and I I just had the last sip out of the glass before opening beer two, and. That chocolate and cherry thing I said at the very beginning of the tastings all came back to me. There's, And again, we've talked about this a million times with a million guests mm-hmm. where you can't say chocolate and cherries if it doesn't taste like the thing I was eating in the store. But there is a chocolatey cherry highlight to the overall package of this beer that just came back to me. And I really like it. Well, okay. All hey, right. So what else do we need to we, talk we about? Got a letter. Before we read a letter. Before we read a letter, should we catch up on what's going on in New Jersey politics? Because we just got a ma- email from the that's, ABC. That's the first letter I. All right, because that's the first letter, letter I have. So let me read I it. I don't. I never introduced that conversation here, but we just got a letter from the ABC to everybody in, I believe, one of the two guilds that is like First Amendment offensive. So you read your thing, and I'll see if I can fold it into the answer, or if it's part of the answer. 
Okay, this is from John R. Subject is NJABC regulations. Kennedy, my man, can you guys break down the recent happenings regarding relaxing the laws slash regulations for breweries in New Jersey? Will we see events happening at Carton soon? Thanks, John R. Oh, boy. So, here's the problem with that. I've never been super fired up for events because I don't want to just do events to move sales. I want to do events I think are cool. And every event I want to do that would be cool requires some investment for me. Like if you've been to our tasting room, we don't even have tables you could fit pizzas on because when we opened, pizzas were illegal. Now, theoretically, you can bring a pizza in, but I'm not dying for people to bring in takeout food and put it with my beer. I'm dying to find people who make food I think go with my beer and invite them to serve people in my space. And since that would require proper tables and channels for service and an investment, and since the laws aren't clearly fixed yet, I don't want to do that. So we're looking for stuff we can do because I want the room to be more comfortable and more inviting and make people you know, more happy to be having a beer. But all of my visions are much grander than, you know, than, hey, we'll have this guy sit in the corner with an acoustic guitar or, hey, we'll do a trivia night. So we're figuring out what our events are. Two, to answer the big question, there's a couple things going on here that I'll try to make short. But at his state of the state speech, the governor addressed the fact that the liquor laws in New Jersey are preposterous and asked the legislature to change those laws. Now, I'm not going to talk as a brewer here. I'm talking as a citizen. That is true. All of New Jersey's small business flavors departments are greatly retarded by the fact that our laws keep you from doing anything that gives you a chance at success under a certain cost. So those laws need to be fixed. People should fix those laws. We, I've said this sentence on the show a million times. There's a tax on small business in New Jersey in the form of a liquor license that does not benefit the tax base. If the liquor license in your town is $450,000 and you buy one to open your small taco shop, that $450,000 does not pave a road, buy a book for the library, or put a vest on a cop. It 100% goes to the person whose granddad bought it at Prohibition. So it's just a bad system all around and he's right, it needs fixing. Now, alongside that, we, the brewers, small breweries in New Jersey, have been completely hamstrung by the division of the ABC. Somehow, the division of the ABC was handed a new set of laws in 2012 governing us, and they decided their job was not to enforce those laws, but to interpret them to make sure there is fairness to the restaurant groups and the distributors. 100% not their job, 100% not their mission. 100% not their mandate, just what they decided they want it to be. And because of the way New Jersey set up, there's no repercussion for this. If the ABC decides their interpretation of that law is if there's a pizza in Augie's brewery, he pays a $1,000 fine, I have no option but to pay the $1,000 fine. There's no recourse. There's nowhere to go with that. That's just how it works. So from the minute this happened and from the minute the ABC decided their job was to make things fair for restaurateurs and license holders rather than enforcing the law as written, we've been working to fix the law to make it better. This has nothing to do with the governor's request at the state of the speech to fix all the laws. This is just cleaning up 
a messy law that affects small breweries. We've been doing that for six or seven years. We finally got a law passed with 100% legislative approval in New Jersey. Everybody loves it. It's perfect. It helps us out. It gets things going. The distributors and restaurant association kind of abstained from forming opinion, which is an approval without saying we like it. Everybody's on board. It hit the governor's desk, and the governor took the stance that this is lovely, but it's not what I asked for. Fold it into a bigger legislation, and this will get passed. So we've become a bargaining chip to make that happen. We're in a lame duck session. His veto will affect this law that is literally, again, I'm going to say it, 100% legislative approved. So now this thing dies. Everybody knows nothing will ever happen on amending all of the bigger laws. So a good law written to help out small businesses will go away because of Murphy's stance on this. Now, here's where I put on my conspiracy theory hat because I love this. Everybody I'm talking to of politic nature says the reason Murphy's doing this is not to get his big law passed because he knows the big law will never pass. He knows that he needs attention on a national state because his next job will either be as a New Jersey senator for the, you know, for real Senate or as Menendez's somebody. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. Or as somebody in the cabinet of the next Democratic president, obviously being an old Goldman guy, he's looking for the Treasury job. Um, and that won't happen if big beverage and big beverage distributors are mad at him. So this is his way of making sure nothing happens. So nobody's mad at him in spite of a good grounders thing happening. I can't tell you that's his intention. Maybe it's possible he believes he has the political wherewithal to to actually do a sweeping improvement of all our bad laws. As a citizen, that's what I want. But as a small businessman, all I can tell you is since these laws were passed and not approved by him, May, June 30th or whatever, 12 New Jersey breweries, mostly in the southern half of the state, have gone out of business. There's 150 breweries in New Jersey. So near 10% of the breweries in New Jersey have closed in the four months this has been sitting on his desk, not approved. These laws would have saved those breweries. That's a big fucking deal. Um, so right now I'm at that weird, so frustrated. I'm, I hope I'm talking sense here, but right now I'm so frustrated about this. It's really hard for me to talk about because it's just a mess. But here's the thing I wanted to introduce that just happened that is so patently gross, it's unbelievable. Okay. Just to be clear, the ABC is part of the executive branch of the New Jersey government. So the ABC, who is deciding what their job is through no legal mandate, works in the governor's department. So when the governor says, I can't do anything about these dumb restrictions, it's his department making them. He could say, don't do this till it's fixed. And what happened effectively is when these laws passed and he started doing this, Basically, the ABC said, well, let's see what happens. We won't enforce the dumb interpretations we've done for the rest of the year. So theoretically, if you take that at face value, I could be doing the events I want to do for the next four months. But then it's possible everything goes back because the law didn't pass and the ABC takes that as a hint. They were right. And it really does matter that I can't serve you coffee I brewed for your wife who doesn't drink beer. Again, that's a real policy they came up with. Um, that being said, a bunch of the brewers in the New Jersey brewers, I can't remember which one's the guild or the association, but the, the longer running of the two, um, 
did a thing. They were doing a charity beer or whatever, a fundraising beer called Sign the Bill Phil. It was this cute little label with the kid from the ABC After School special. Oh, yeah. You know, Bill on Capitol Hill label. Bill. Yeah. And the idea was that 25% of the proceeds of that beer would go to lobbying Phil to sign the bill. Now, Augie Carton didn't play in that because I see what's going on politics-wise, and I can't see any money paid to lobby Phil on this changing anything. Now, I'm usually very involved in these things. I believe we need to lobby. I believe we need to play the course. We can't all just stomp our feet and scream like I do. Everybody needs to do their role, and we have a great lobbyist in the form of Eric Orlando and the guild that being said i 100 percent didn't believe this had any potential so i stayed out of it now we recently got an email from the abc all of us that saying that on the can is against the law which Whoa. everybody's done a charity beer we know we've all done it but they're saying that only the owners of a brewery can benefit from the sale of a beer as is written in the coded law so if you say 25% of our profits or 25% of our proceeds or whatever for this is going to go to St. Jude's Children's Hospital, they're saying you broke the law because that's a commitment of profits to a non-owner. Everybody's done this in New Jersey for the last 12 years I've been in this business. This is the first time they've ever pointed that out. So the same guy who says he has no control over his department had his department interpret it this way to impede and make so anybody that printed that label up that puts a beer out now is subject to a fine. So everybody's got to reorganize, refigure, and all this. And it's literally the wording on it, which is 25% of the proceeds from this beer will go to lobby to get the bill signed by Governor Murphy. That rule just came down from the ABC. It's completely fucking absurd to me because I'm allowed to do whatever I want with my profits. Yeah. Right? And because it's the ABC in New Jersey, because there's no first amendment with the ABC in New Jersey. They'll just, if I write that on a can, they'll just hand me a $10,000 fine. I can't get around. Right. So you just have to eat it. So, so that's what's going on in New Jersey laws. It's getting worse every day, not better. And if you listen to this podcast and have a New Jersey address, you need to be writing letters to all of your senators, all of your congressmen, and your governor every day to make it clear how fucked up it is that I can't serve your grandmother a cup of coffee if she comes by the brewery with you and doesn't feel like a boat beer. Hmm. Yikes. All right. I hadn't heard that that letter yet, but that's a lot to take in. But yeah. Did I answer the question, Justin? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. What's your next letter, Justin? And then let's talk about beer two. And then we're almost out of time. <laughs> All Probably right. I can, fill, so, I can fill some space, John Hall. We, we got one from BB. He says 36 hours. Are you saying VB or BB? No, he's talking Victor about Borgia Mike. Or? Mike, the guy who used BB. to brew in Jersey, who now has a. Uh, uh, it's like ladybug oh, he, brewing or something. He's got a he's ladybug. Got a bag, he's got a bag of wet hops that he didn't put in a beer last night, and I judged his wife for it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he's coming what? to New York City soon. He says yeah. he's coming to is, New York City soon. The subject is thirty-six hours in New York City. Kennedy, my man. All these people. Oh, just right? stop right now. Yeah, the thirty-six hours at the Blind changed. Tiger. Blind Tiger. Yeah. 
Why do people still ask us this question? <laughs> they open at 11. <laughs> they close at 4. <laughs> There's only a few hours you can't be there. So. Yeah. And if you only have 36 hours and you're staying in Queens, two of those hours are getting to and from the Blind Tiger. Yeah. No, he's, he's staying in Manhattan. He's asking about Manhattan. Well, then right, he's had his answer for 10 well, years. Yeah, see answer one. Yeah. <laughs> what, right, what's that all? Old... 10, 10 print go. 2, read 10. <laughs> what's the question? Remember those, remember those old New York Times 36 hours in article? Yeah, man. I'm sure Hall, yeah. I'm sure Hall remembers. I used they to write them. Yeah, they Did you really write those. them, John Hall? Yeah. Did you ever write anything other than go to Blind Tiger? <laughs> I, I never got to do New York. <laughs> I think I did Indianapolis. Uh, God, there are some other ones. I know Indy got put into a book when they, which I thought was kind of absurd. They they took, like I don't know, 200 of those columns and put them into this very nice coffee table book. And I was like, who is going to, read it? Like, it costs like $75, but I was like, who is going to read this? And also, this is a great feature for newsprint where it's, hey, this is what you can do right now. But then as businesses close or hours change right. or you know, a new oh. chef comes on and fucks up the restaurant, like it was, it was a, it was a right. great column. Uh, it was originally part of the escapes section, which ran on Fridays for a while, like in the early 2000s. Uh, and it was... Then they moved it to travel. And, and then they moved would it, it be, to travel. Would it yeah. be insane for me to assume that morphed into what FlowFab was doing? I don't know what FlowFab is. Florence Fabricant. Remember, she used oh, to sure. write the openings, closings, and what to do this weekend. Yeah, yeah that was just like PR stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, all um, that stuff was verbatim PR pitches I would get. What was, what was, uh, so Mike's question is, what should I do for 36 hours in New York? No. So he says, anyway, the recent Alphabet City show got me thinking, let's say I have about that much time to spend on beer drinking in Manhattan near the end of September, 27th through the 30th, to be exact. Not just the boroughs. Oh, that's the days we're going to be in Rochester. This... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, God, not the Holly, boroughs, you are an evil city. bitch. You are... How did your head get there so fast? <laughs> wondering everyone's go-to spots preferably with solid na options for a non-drinker and maybe some food sprinkled in too uh there's tiger, has, there's, tiger has a jug of water by the front door there is not a bar in new york that doesn't serve water and new york water is exceptional it's great there you it's go good. how they make on. bagels and pizza yep Dude, just drink New York water if you're not drinking New York beer. The thing is, and the longer we've been out, the longer we've been doing this from home, I miss um, where did we used to do our show downtown that did such a great Oktoberfest? Oh, the popcorn uh, restaurant. Uh, Treadwell. Place? Treadwell, Park. Treadwell. Like, I'm missing Treadwell and their fucking popcorn right now. Like, I'm missing all the spots. I went out to um, Feta Sal is... the other day with Jesse. I was at Beer Wax a couple weeks ago. Like you listen to this show, you know all the spots we go to, and depending on the crowd, the event, and the night, it's all different. But if you want to do the, and I don't even want to say this because it seems so mean, but if you want to do the old man classic, I've been a craft beer guy for 25 years, drinking experience in New York, it's still the fucking tiger. Like you yeah. just go sit at the tiger and get in trouble. Yeah. And it's a no-brainer, right? It's Everything a, else I mean, requires me to think. And my my dark chocolate cherry sugar high and the joy of this this 
I don't know, red wine barrel aged guza we're drinking. Um, just has me like, I would just, right now, if John was like, all right, Augie, what are we going to do for 36 hours? I'd be like, I'll meet you at the tiger. We'll meet you at the tiger. There. Yeah. And we both know we wouldn't leave the tiger. Right. Right. We'd be yelling at people who wouldn't come meet us. John and I would meet at the Tiger. We'd be sending texts like, hey, Jesse, John and I are at the Tiger. You should come. And Jesse would be like, I got a kick-ass event in Williamsburg. Take meet me at this your bar. event. You're going to love it. We'd be like, why do you suck, dude? Just come to the Tiger. And that would be our whole day. <laughs> the, um, yeah. The only time you leave is when you play rock, paper, scissors to see who goes across the street to Murray's and right. comes back Grabs with a brie that you could hide in your coat. <laughs> I just, my, my sweater yeah. I just pictured you it's my sweater as, cheddar. I just pictured you as Dad Aykroyd eating the salmon through his Santa beard <laughs> 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 while we drink at the tiger. Not 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 wrong. Not yeah, wrong. No, and, the and to be, and to be fair, bring over the cheese plate. Oh god. And to be fair, yeah. 57 episodes from now, I'd be like, remember your beard brie. And Justin would have to explain to the thieves what the fuck we were talking about. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. So go to Tiger. All right. Uh, do we have another letter or should we talk about? Um... Do beer two first and then we'll do the last one. Um, so when it, got on my, when it got on my fingers, when, it, when it, it didn't gush, but it definitely frothed when I cracked it. I definitely got, you know, proper gooza fermentation that I can't get away from. When I first tasted, I tasted cherries. But now yeah. everything's dried out. So it's either a very, very pity cherry or it's red wine pumice, red wine barrel kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a super pretty, nicely, nice fermentation character from wild fermentation, but also a good acidity level for red fruit aromatics drinking. I I like it a lot. That would, acidity, would... that that acidity I'm really digging. And the the base beer on this as sort of a, I know you were talking, um, uh, you know, goose kind of thing like that. That's definitely in there. There's like a, it's not quite Oud Brune. It's not quite Flanders right. red. It's not quite, cause it's just a little bit lighter than that. And it doesn't have that tang or that tart that I look for. Um, but there's also like, I, like a raspberry kind of thing or like a tropical, like, like a weird, I'm thinking like funky fermented fruit, right? Yeah. I'm thinking um, of Brett. I think I'm thinking of Brett eating cherry pits, you know, that flavor we get when we drink those. So here's the thing. I would tell you the fermentation in my brain exists half the distance between Orval and Parfait. Right. Okay. As far as, as far as effects of Brett and what's going on. And I just don't know who does that, but I feel like we're going to open it up and it'll be one of those other Lambic makers, not like the super, super sour guys like Dree or what's his name, but it'll be one of those like, all right. So if you told me this was, what was the cherry copy from Goose Island, Sophie? Do you know what I'm uh, talking about? Sounds Remember right. Yeah. They yeah. had their three... Maybe, yeah, the sisters, yeah. They had their three copies of Belgian beer beers. One of yeah. them was Sherry. Yeah, this is in a can, which makes me sure it's not that. But if Justin told me, you know, this was the last year of Sophie before they went 100% into the Bud Light business, 
I, uh, I'd be like, oh yeah, that was a good beer. No wonder Budweiser bought them. They were good brewers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you remember when like Rodenbach messed around a little bit and they had, I guess it was Rodenbach, right? Where they had like their cherry, um, like their fruit series kind of thing. And it had that body like you're talking about or that that like history to it but then it was just and we added a bunch of juice kind of thing like the more so, i keep drinking it like, this problem. feels when like you, that yeah when you say that i just remember those beers as being mostly juice like i remember in my opinion the base beer was trampled and i definitely still get like i said somewhere too far for saison but yeah. Not far enough for Guza. Like it's just got a good fermentation yeah. profile. And then there's like I said, at one point, I think I'm back to cherries now, but at one point in the middle, I was like, oh, red wine barrel. Yeah, no, and there the acidity that is on this, and I know you said that earlier, but I keep coming back to that as something that I am uh very much enjoying. Um, but are you getting that that are you getting that green? We've had this happen a million times before, and I always associate it with the pit in a cherry. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting that thing, that kind of yeah, kind of oily, viscous, almost tannin, but like it's like an apricot kernel kind of yeah. nuttiness, if you will. I'm having sort of like thing, that's the thing that brought me away from the red wine barrel idea. Back to yeah. cherries. Yeah. Yeah, there's right. yeah. It's uh I don't think it deserves is... much more than this. It's not it's kind of changing in a tight band, right? I doubt if we pour it out and drink it for four hours, we're like, holy fucking shit, how did this get here? Right. Anyway, what is it? Uh this is from Jolly Pumpkin. This is their huh. oh. Roja. Well, but I think it does it have an addition on it? Look at the can, one of you guys. Limited uh, series. Uh, Hang on. on. Boysenberry and guava. Boysenberry. Yeah. Sour amber ale. So this is like their, one of their flagships. Conditioned. Some, Aren't they under like totally added. new ownership now? Like isn't Ron gone from there? Ron is still on the website. I'm just looking at it. Um, I'm not sure. Can, They've always been. Can you find out? It could. So North it could Peak. be. It could be guava. I'm blaming that cherry pit number on, but was this not in wood? Yeah, yes, it says oak aged. Yes. Oh, yeah. I got you. All right, but so it's that's... not saying barrel aged, so it could just be like, hey, we threw some spirals in there, <laughs> or it could um, be a fooder. It could be a fooder. Maybe I'm sure it is. I mean, knowing that brewery. Oh, you are you sure, it. Justin Kennedy? Why is this a New York Farm State brew house? I don't know about that. You're all intimate with time and time and oak. Ten months. Yeah, that's. That's okay. In oak, not on oak. So, right. Large oak casts that bought them. Lovely beer. Can what's funny is, fish. what's the Jolly Pumpkin beer I know? Is it Bam? Bam. Bam, Bam beer. Bam yeah. It's like a season. So what's funny is none of this fermentation reminds me of Bam beer. You know what I mean? It's not like Allagash. There's a certain ones you kind of know, like mm-hmm. Allagash does the Allagash thing. We all know Bone does the Bone thing. I think of a Jolly Pumpkin thing, and I think of it as those Bam beer kind of overly saisonny fermentation. And this one is Ooh. maybe it's just the guava stepping down on that pepperness from their fermentation. But I'm not getting any of that black pepper I associate with Jolly Pumpkin. Yeah, interesting. All right, last uh, last letter. Letter. Right, we got Kennedy. a big one. 
the big one. Save the, the big, big for last. We've already talked classic. about politics and Tiger. I don't know what could be bigger than either of them. I will try uh, to give you a better answer than I gave on politics, but I really feel like that was a 20 minute run that, that is, that is Olympic by my level. Yeah. All right. Subject of this question, Kennedy, my man, good job, Jason. Uh, not sure if you heard the news in New Jersey, but this past month in Northwick, Virginia, a 12 plus year old company, O'Connor Brewing Company, that was putting out 10,000 plus barrels per year statewide, closed its brewery and tap room and is switching to 100% of its production at Mitch Steele's New Realm Brewery in Virginia Beach. Is Justin, this I'm sorry, but you completely just broke up, so I don't know the middle part. I heard Clo decided to change their business. Say it again. O'Connor so Brewing Company? O'Connor Brewing Company. They're switching 100% of their production to Mitch Steele's New Realm Brewery in Virginia Beach. Okay. They closed the tap room and the brewery, and they're going to do contract brewing only at New Realm. Is this going to be the trend of many similar breweries? Do you think it's a sustainable model for O'Connor and others? It's hard to imagine this will be sustainable for any company, but it's possible they've built up enough of the brand that it will continue on. What are your thoughts on this business model? Well, at 10,000 barrels a year, they weren't doing more than 1,000 of those in their tasting room. So they sure. have 9,000 on the street, right? So they're looking to maintain sense. that business and streamline I mean, it streamline it so my thinking is you go to mitch mitch can definitely brew anything in the world so you you've got some faith there that your product will be as good if not possibly better but two and i haven't toured around new realm with mitch but right now like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in the world so carton is probably even though we only do five thousand barrels a year we're probably a ten thousand barrel a year brewery size wise but I would love to do right now. I would love to do a four, a mixed case of boat, drip, and dub, right? Four cans of each in a twelve pack. We've got the session beer, the East Coast IPA, and the New Jersey IPA. I think they're fun. I think they're great. And I think a great way to get them out there would be a mixed twelve pack, three skews in it. To do that, I need to spend about one hundred and eighty grand. But at Mitch's place, I could do that. You know what I mean? He's got those boxers. He's got that line. He's got that thing. So you lose the nimbleness of making a beer every week for your tasting. But you gain the nimbleness of, I think these three beers would move together in a box. Or I want to do a 19.2 can of drip. That's another thing I'm trying to figure out. I may be inviting Ironheart back into the brewery, believe it or not, John Hall. But yeah, to get that done... Again, yes, I would have back, to buy a baby. whole new canning line or I could deal with Brett. That's Where's right. my office? Back where we started. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? So, so, but those are the things Mitch gives Reserved you in that relationship, parking. right? Where you're not like Carton is hand stuffing our 12 packs of boat right now. You don't have to do that with Mitch. So then it really boils down to, for me, local laws. Can I sure. own a tap room? in your state without like if carton wanted to open another tap room in new jersey i'd have to build a whole nother brewery and i could only sell the beer i made in that tap room in that tap room whereas a lot of these states have multiple tap room rules right so if he has some kind of shared thing with mitch and he can open a tap room for his own beers in that state 
he's got the best of both worlds, right? So then we really got to know what the local laws are, what's going on, and see how much sense it makes. But I totally understand that. Like if I if I was down there and I could move my brewing and some of my brewers, like if it was me, I'd be like, all right, take these brewers, Mitch, put them on your staff, make this beer. I'm gonna go up in a taste room where I'm the bartender. We're gonna serve some food, and I'm gonna be talking to people about shit. And can you just please make sure boat is always boat, dub is always dub, drip is always drip, town is always town. Put it in the stores. We'll see how it goes. I'd be the happiest soggy I've been in ten years, right? I'd be talking to people about flavors every day, and not sweating how dry the floor is in the walk-in. Yeah. And and I, I also think it comes down to how well a brewery is doing in a local area as well. So like I don't know O'Connor Brewing, which for 10,000 barrels, like you'd think like, okay, they, they'd be on the radar. They're, they're unfamiliar to me. Um, but clearly selling that amount, they have one, two, maybe three beers, much like Augie's saying for, for his brand that resonate with people um, that people are going to buy. So if you get it in – if you have the right SKUs, if you have the right retail partners, uh, if you have a good sales staff that's out there that keeps it going uh, and you're losing some of the overhead of a business or a, a location, a physical location for yourself, um, I, I think it makes sense. In this day and age, it's also hard to stay relevant and to remind people, especially in the craft space, to keep going back again and again and again to the same beer. Um, but if the liquid's consistent, if you know, you're out there and staying top of mind. Yeah, it 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 makes sense. If you stumble for a minute, somebody is immediately going to come in and sleep in your bed, and that's it. So, if you're moving to this model, if you don't have a tap room where people can go and connect with you in person, um, you need to just stay always vigilant. Yeah. All right. I so agree. there's another twist here. I'm I'm reading some uh, an article. Uh, about this and there's a little twist here the news comes just over two years after o'connor faced backlash over allegations of sexual harassment sexism and racism at workplace the business oh. called the fine things from an independent investigation troubling and heartbreaking and said they're working to create a better work environment they're also selling the brewery to our a company called armed forces brewing so okay. there's a little bit more well i mean one that, place but, to improve yeah. workplace uh workplace uh, culture <laughs> is to get rid of the workplace altogether. Yeah. So, and, I, and I would tell you yeah. again, I would tell you again, not to keep beating this drum because I love Mitch, but I, I'm not, you know, but he'll fix that for you. You let Mitch run your brew house. Nobody's getting grabbed or fondled or, you know, misogynistic or racist comments. So if you can't be trusted as long to as he's around, run your yeah. brew house, Pawning that off to Mitch is a very good idea. Mitch is a very considerate, caring person. So, so you could just be outsourcing your HR there. All right. Did All I... right. Um, that was the big letter. Hey, if people want it. to write us letters. We're right on time. Yeah. What if they want to give us money? Yeah. What if they we're want gonna to we're us... gonna be back what with if they real want to give guests us five stars very soon, I promise. And we're going to be in Rochester, Not Amazon, yes, I promise. Apple, what's but, it yeah. called? Well, we're going to Rochester while BB's in, in Manhattan, right? <laughs> darn, darn the luck. Well, we just set the date. So How'd yeah, that come started. together? Actually, uh, I you promise that? you, I promise you, I can't do that because I think I'm a Snally guesser that weekend. Oh, sure. Oh, gotcha. in DC then. Um, 
Actually, I, I tried to make a I tried to make a joke, but I couldn't form it quick enough. But when we were talking about you writing the letter, I was like, just to be clear, if my job was writing that article with John and we were asked DC, I think it would go something like go to church key, drink enough beer that you want to get on the Amtrak and go to Blind Tiger. That's right. <laughs> so you're at Church Key. You leave a midnight. So you you Uber to Union Station. You walk through, admiring <laughs> drunkenly the architecture. You, you get into 90, the cafe car. You drink a ninety on the Amtrak. Say Justin Kennedy told me to, and right. then you walk right you know. in it. Take take the one and nine train down a tiger, and there that's your night in DC. The path, yeah. <laughs> you call it the path the one and nine. From Clever. Penn Station, the night Clever. doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't the Amtrak go Penn Station? Yeah. So yeah, the train yeah. is the the red line to. Yeah, the nine yeah. train's not there anymore, Boston. but the one. Yeah. But the one, yeah. yeah. The red line, the red line. You could take the blue line, the red line, or I guess the path. But to get to the path, you have to walk to Macy's. You would definitely take the one train downtown. Yeah, you just connect you through. Right uh, you connect through Newark, and I, you get off at Christopher Street, and yeah. you walk over. Do you, do you see why nobody ever goes out with us? That's <laughs> like California's arguing. I just, I just want I just way. wanted to know. Um <laughs> all right, so it's steal this beer podcast at gmail.com for letters, and it's patreon.com slash steal this beer to to help keep this content as uh, crisp <laughs> and pure as it has been these these last few weeks. And uh for when we have guests to send them beer and yep. to when we see you out in person in Rochester to buy you a beer and to uh, apparently keep Justin's target shopping habits. Yeah, Justin, uh, so much target this week. How did I need so five bags for four beers? There's so many. I've told you guys bags. why I do this, right? They're, they're five cents each and bubble wrap is like $5 for a roll. So I buy Let's get the bags. Ec- economical thieves. Economical. Look at that. Your Genius. money is not being wasted. Meanwhile, it's seven thousand. While we get wasted. Oil. Yeah. <laughs> um. I know where to spend the bucks. There it is. Anyway, I love you guys. Thanks for jumping on with me. Have a great weekend. Do we you record too. again before Labor Day, Kennedy, we, or will we, we talk do. after Labor Day? Uh, before we- next Thursday, if that's okay. I think as a group, we all need to take an executive functioning class. How did we manage to do this two Thursdays in a row? Wow. Today's Friday. All right. Oh, it's today's Friday. That's, That's how. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks, iPhone. Um, all right. So I will talk to you guys Thursday. Thieves, we will talk to you when you write us letters. Get at us. Cheers.